everyone, it's Mark. Today's episode is sponsored by Paint Care. Paint Care is the industry's own solution for the problem of post-consumer paint waste. The organization has already collected over 50 million gallons and redirected them from landfills and waterways. Paint Care currently operates in 10 states and the District of Columbia with New York, the 11th state, coming online in May of 2022. Paint Care is both good for the environment and your business. 35% of dealers who sign up to be a Paint Care drop-off location report new customers shopping in their store as a direct result of their participation in Paint Care. To learn more about Paint Care, go to paintcare.org forward slash retailers. Everybody, it's Mark. Thanks for joining me on the January 27th episode of In the News. That's all the news that independent retailers need. Before I get started today, as always, I appreciate the independent retailers that follow along and make my work possible. I had sent out a call for some swag. If anybody wants to see me wear a hat or a shirt or rep their brand here and say that they support the work that I do for independent retailers, just go ahead and Brian will put the address on the screen. Send me a shirt, send me a cap, send me a cup. This one here is from my good friend, Gus Giannopoulos. Gus is the owner of Capital Paint. That's here in New York, Capital Paint and Hardware. Gus and I have known each other for over 20 years now. We were both Pratt & Lambert dealers in a market that was not particularly strong with Pratt & Lambert dealers. And so we got to know each other over the years. I give Gus a tremendous amount of credit. He's very successful in a city that is considered the home court advantage for Benjamin Moore. Gus goes with the other Moore and he's a, a dealer of Kelly Moore, large brand from California. So Gus, thank you so much for this uh, nice Yeti and for supporting my work and for following along. And now on with the news. For the calendar years 2019 and 2020, Ace Hardware, that's the dealer-owned cooperative of hardware stores, is named the number 13 fastest-growing retailer in the United States by TotalRetailer.com. Over that period, Ace revenue grew more than 27%, and it's likely that that number was even higher in 2021. The retail landscape and consumers' expectations have rapidly changed, said Kim Lefko. She's the chief marketing officer for Ace Hardware. We have continued to focus our efforts on having the quality brands consumers seek in stock and conveniently available how, when, and where they want them, be it in-store, curbside pickup, and delivery from their local store. And it's great to see Ace doing so well. The relationship with Ace and paint dealers has changed dramatically over the last number of years. And with changes in distribution models, as well as consolidation of ownership that's been going on in all of the independent channels in the home improvement segment over the last number of years and decades, I would expect that tremendous overlap between the paint and the hardware and the lumber independent dealers over the coming years. And so uh, even though not directly in the paint space, it's great to see Ace doing so well. Of the 50 fastest growing retailers, some of which were exclusively web-based, more than 10 of them have dealings in the home and home improvement segment with Lowe's, Home Depot, Ace, as well as Floor and Decor all appearing in the top 30. 
The good news continued for ACE with the consumer research group Incisive ranking the independent hardware store brand as the number one retailer in the country for the integrated online and offline shopping experiences. The blending of an on and offline is referred to as omnichannel continues to be the shopping experience that consumers are showing a preference for. More than 90% of consumers start their shopping online, said Bill Kiss. He's the head of digital at Ace Hardware. Our website is the front door to your brand, helping customers quickly and easily get what they need. It's also the front door to our best-in-class service and the unparalleled convenience of our retail stores, Kiss said. With Reputation.com naming Ace as the second most beloved retailer in the United States this past December, things continue to look up for the dealer-owned cooperative Ace. Moving on, it's earnings season, and with Sherwin-Williams, RPM, and PPG recently announcing their quarterly and year-end results, I thought we would check in on how these big paint companies are doing. RPM uses a fiscal year versus a calendar year, so what we're reporting right now is actually their second quarter of the fiscal year 2022. And for that quarter, sales were $1.6 billion. That was a company record up 10% over the same period last year. Most of that increase, though, is likely caused by price inflation. Net income for the same period was down 2.2%, and that was a huge disappointment to the company. Some of that reported drop in earnings, of course, is due to previous records, the market for paint having been so strong for more than two years since the beginning of the pandemic. Many of these companies, as they report year-over-year -year earnings, are coming up against some very big numbers. Last year, in this same quarter, RPM was up over 29%. Still, though, with sales increases of over 10%, a 2% drop in earnings is significant. I'm going to read you a fairly long quote from CEO of RPM, Frank Sullivan, uh, because I think he does a really good job of explaining what the company and the supply chain that we are all living in with them have been going through. Robust demand for our paints, coatings, sealants, and other building materials led to strong double-digit sales growth at three of our four operating segments and drove consolidated top-line performance that was ahead of our projections, said Frank Sullivan, CEO. In fact, top-line growth, Mr. Sullivan went on to say, could have been even better if not for supply chain challenges that limited access to certain raw materials and cost us roughly $200 million in sales during that quarter. That's $200 million worth of business that they knew they could have booked, but they didn't have raw materials to make the products. Some of that likely filtered into the independent channel and through purchases made with other manufacturers. The decline in adjusted EBIT, that's earnings before income and taxes, was in line with our outlook. And as a result of continued material, wage, and freight inflation, as well as supply chain disruption that were exacerbated by Hurricane Ida and increased our conversion costs. These challenges were partially offset by price increases and operational improvements. So there you have it. That's right from the horse's mouth. This is everything that we've known about this crisis from the beginning, and it continues to plague the large paint manufacturers. 
Moving on to PPG, the paint and glass conglomerate posted sales of 4.2 billion for the fourth quarter of 2021, and that's up 12.1%. PPG, though, also reported that only 4% of that increase was coming from organic sales growth at a time when the market and the independent channel are growing so much faster than 4%. This is a really bad performance and quarter for the world's second largest paint maker. PPG reported that only 4% of that increase actually came from organic sales growth at a time when the market in general and the independent channel as well are growing significantly faster than this. This is bad news for the nation number two paint manufacturer. CEO Michael McGarry, who has refused an invite to sit and talk to me on my show to discuss the problems that the paint giant had this to say. We achieved higher sales than we originally forecasted as demand for our products remains strong and we continue to rapidly implement additional selling price increases went his initial run-on sentence. Our quarterly sales, which were a record for any fourth quarter, were aided by acquisition-related sales and above-market sales volume performance in several of our end-use markets, including automotive finish, marine, and PPG COMEX architectural coatings, he continued to ramble. The prior year fourth quarter results, including elevated architectural coatings, do-it-yourself demand, and higher global industrial activity relating to initial recovery from the pandemic, whined Mr. McGarry, complaining that last year we did so well, we couldn't perform like that again this year. Nonetheless, Mr. McGarry's income was not affected by his company's poor performance. Michael McGarry's income, $15 million this year compared to $11 million in 2020. In Cleveland, the country's largest paint maker, Sherwin-Williams, is set to report earnings on January 27th. That's today, but in a call with analysts thrown together with just a few hours notice, Sherwin-Williams CEO, John Marikis, shared that the company is expected to miss their targets for both revenue and earnings. The company is expected to report earnings well short of previous guidance, according to Mr. Marikis, who adjusted analysts' expectations for earnings downward by 20%. Shares of Sherwin-Williams on the New York Stock Exchange are down 13% since the beginning of the year, reflecting the company's ongoing troubles. Marikis citing labor issues in addition to all the supply chain issues and shortages as reasons for the company's difficulties. Net sales continue to grow mostly due to inflation with sales expected to come in for the year just short of $20 billion. But with a 13% increase in the cost of revenue and near a 30% decrease in every other meaningful earnings category, Sherwin-Williams is struggling. The announcement from Sherwin-Williams causing analysts at Wells Fargo to downgrade the stock, and those struggles will delay the brand's response to the crisis extending the opportunity dealers currently have when it comes to stealing business from local Sherwin-Williams stores who are struggling to get paint on the shelves. With Sherwin-Williams likely to continue to struggle as they come out of this mess, dealers can look for that opportunity with Sherwin-Williams customers to go on for at least the next two quarters. In the first reporting, you'll hear from this story, which may take a decade to unfold. According to reporters at the Minneapolis St. Paul Journal, 
Employees at Fratellone's Ace Hardware and Garden, located in Circle Pines, Minnesota, are attempting to form a union in an effort to increase their wages. A majority of the hourly workers employed by the hardware store are demanding that company management recognize their union, organized with the Chicago and Midwest Regional Joint Board of Workers United, the news source went on to say. The workers are seeking a 30% pay increase from the 22-store hardware chain owned by distribution giant Orgill, with a majority of workers requesting to join a union. It is now up to Orgill CEO Boyden Moore to take the next step. If Moore chooses not to allow the union, then the employee's request will go to a formal vote of the staff of the Minneapolis hardware store chain on whether or not to seek union protection and collectively bargain. This is the first I've seen of news like this in this space where employees are looking to collectively bargain. But with independent retailers getting larger and and many dealers that I know having large, almost empires of stores over large swaths of country, uh, this is something that you should all be paying attention to if, if you're in that category of retailer who follows along. Now, it's true that this is a little unusual in that uh, these stores are not really independently owned retailers anymore. Orgill bought them, but that purchase was less than a year ago. And so these guys are, are basically operating as a 22 store, operating as independent Orgill stores. And so I'm curious to see how all of this plays out because this does have potential to have significant impacts on paint dealers. I don't think this is anything that dealers are going to have to worry about today, tomorrow, but coming in the future, the circumstances of employment in this country have changed dramatically. And it looks like we're all going to have to learn how to run our businesses with fewer people. And the demands on those people are are likely to cause some calls for unionization in different parts of the country. And so I'm going to keep an eye on this story and, and we'll We'll report back whenever I see something, particularly as it relates to this situation with Orgel. Until then, thanks so much for listening. This has been Mark My Words in the News. Today is January 27th, and I'm Mark Lipton.